This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out, and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Do you eat onion soup the wrong way? Do you make your guests pay for the party? Do your gifts send the wrong signal? Were you raised by wolves? Let's find out. Here are things I can make it. When we have to live together We can all use a little help Some people don't ask themselves Were you raised by wolves? Hey everybody, it's Nick Layton. And I'm Leah Bonima. And let's just get right down to it with our mousse-bouche. Let's get in it. So for today's mousse-bouche, I want to talk about French onion soup. Oh, delicious. Or in France... Onion soup. Got to nay. <laughs> so, Leah, have you ever had French onion soup? Indeed, I have. Okay, well, describe it for our listeners. Maybe somebody hasn't had it and doesn't know what it is. So, it's like a, a brownish see throughy broth. Okay, sure, yeah. With onions in it. Yeah, it is onion based. And it's a it's a hot soup and yeah. as opposed to a like a cold tomato soup. And mm-hmm. um there is a bread chunk of bread right in the middle, and then on top of that, there's hot Cheese. Yeah, yeah. That's like the defining feature. That's the defining, that's what you're going for. You're going for the hot cheese. And if you're Julia Child, there might be a little cognac in there too. Woo! So yes, it's a rustic soup. And yes, the defining feature is this dome of melted cheese that's sort of like sealed to the top of the bowl, Mm. like hermetically sealed. Yeah. And in terms of the history, it's hard to say when this started. I mean, making soup with onions dates back to when we invented onions. I mean, I think we've always had onion soup. But the idea of actually sticking bread and cheese on top and browning it probably dates to France in the 18th century. And maybe it was Louis XIV, maybe the 15th, who can say? But it made it to New York in the mid-1800s. But I think in the United States, at least, it wasn't until the 1960s when it really took off. And coincidentally or not, that's when Julia Child had her big show uh, on public television um, when she was teaching America about French cooking. And hard to say, like, were we interested in French cooking because of her or were we already interested in French cooking and then she became popular because of that? Chicken the egg, who can say? But definitely French onion soup, I think, started to become very popular in the 60s and 70s. I think it kind of took a dip. I don't know the status of French onion soup today in society, but it exists. It exists in the world. And it's super easy to make. And if you've never had it, you can make it or you can have it the next time you're at a bistro. 
Okay, great. So now you have a beautiful bowl of French onion soup in front of you. And there's that cheesy crust on top. And the cheese is super stretchy, very stretchy. And that bread underneath, it can sometimes act as a plunger. So if you push down on the bread, it could actually like force soup up and over the sides of the bowl. So Leah, how do you eat French onion soup? Mm. I take my spoon. Okay, good start. <laughs> okay, great. Obviously, I just want to get to the cheese. Okay. I haven't had French onion soup in a long time. I wonder, do I take a little bit of the soup part out to lower it first? Ah. And then I sort of cut into the, after I have a little bit of the broth, then I think I sort of cut into the bread and the cheese with my spoon. Okay, interesting. So I agree with your technique, but who you want to believe depends on who you ask. So- Before we get there, though, we all agree that we do not want to have a string of cheese going from the bowl to your mouth unbroken. Like, we don't want a Lady in the Tramp scene with the cheese, right? Do we all agree this is what we want, right? Yeah, you should just put your face right into the cheese. (laughs) Okay. We also don't want that. So how you should do it depends on who you want to ask. So there are some etiquette experts who say, don't eat it at all. Don't eat it if you're at a meal that requires you to impress anyone. And... Okay, I mean, that is advice that could be given, but I don't want to live in that world. I don't want to live in a world in which we just like take foods off the table because they're too difficult to eat. Especially a cheese. Especially something cheese-based. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we could do that or we could just learn how to eat it properly and then it's not a problem. So I don't like the idea of just removing an entire food group from a menu just because it's a little difficult. Also, French onion soup, it's kind of a casual food. Like you're not gonna find it at a 10 course degustation menu. So inherently it's a little more casual and like there's a little more, I think, etiquette flexibility of what happens while you're eating the soup. It doesn't necessarily have to be so proper, right? It's very rustic. You're probably wearing a sweater. Right, yes, it's a cable knit based dish. (laughs) So Peggy Post, who is a descendant of the Emily Post dynasty, she says, quote, a knife is your friend, not your enemy. And so she says you use both a spoon and a knife together. And so you use a knife to sort of cut cheese off of the spoon as you're eating it. I don't know how I feel about knives and soup. I don't feel good about that. Now, the latest edition of Emily Post. (laughs) (laughs) No? How do you feel about that, Leah? How do you feel about knives and spoons? I I, I feel like I love that you were like, I'm not into uh, knives and soup. (laughs) I'm not. Yeah, I I really am not. I'm just not. And I don't make apologies for that. (laughs) Now, the latest edition of the Emily Post book, they say that you twirl the cheese until it clumps around the spoon. And then you use the edge of the spoon against the bowl to cut the cheese off. Or, quote, you could use a knife for cutting. But pick a side, Emily. Come on. (laughs) When you stand for everything, you stand for nothing. So I I don't like this both sides uh, approach. Come on. I believe that I did say twist on the spoon. Yeah, yeah. And I agree. And you know who else agrees with you? Miss Manners, who often has the wisdom we seek. She says, quote, French onion soup, Miss Manners must explain, is like some romances. You know you're going to make a fool of yourself, but it's so good. You don't care. (laughs) That's one of my favorite Miss Manners quotes. And so she says you only use a spoon and you just use a twirling technique for the cheese. Because, quote, soggy bread does not put up much of a fight against the spoon's edge and the cheese may be forced downward into the soup and be turned very, very, very slowly. Below sea level, so to speak. I mean, that's fun. So use a spoon. 
But can I say something controversial yet brave? Yes, please. Let's talk about the real elephant in the room here. The real question is why is there no such thing as a French onion soup spoon that is specifically designed for this? There are cucumber servers and grape shears, mustard ladles and mango forks, bonbon spoons and sugar nips. But why did the Victorians never invent a French onion soup spoon? This feels like a major oversight. I'm laughing so hard, noise is barely coming out. But A, I think, are we going to make a Were You Raised by Wolves French onion soup spoon? I- I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's get the manufacturing going. Yes. Or we, would we say like, a, but we don't want people to cut their mouth. We need a sharp side. Is that correct? I mean, we're going to have to do some R&D. But I feel like a spoon for French onion soup is a thing in the world that should exist. And if nobody else wants to do it, I think we need to do it. And I think maybe it'd be nice if it had like a little quote on the bottom of the spoon that, you know, imprinted. No slurping? No, that's like something about the wonderfulness of cheese, hot cheese. (laughs) It's like, get in there. You know what I mean? Um, Okay, so you're proposing we put the phrase, get in there, (laughs) on our French onion soup spoon. Okay, well, we'll put it on the whiteboard. I'm ready. And we're back and now it's time to go deep deep and why do i feel the need to always say something i just it's a very call and response feeling i have yeah no it, it feels natural sure well roll the dice say something oh roll the dice nick <laughs> coming in with a pun oh oh somebody's been hanging around you too long <laughs> i'm honored so for today's question of etiquette i want to talk about game nights I love a good game night. We have discussed our favorite games on many occasions. We have. I love Mahjong. You love Dutch Blitz. Yes. After that episode, turns out I have friends in LA who actually play Dutch Blitz all the time. And they do this thing called the International Wolf Blitzer Dutch Blitz Invitational. Awesome. So if you want to do it and you're in Los Feliz, like pop on over. I got to practice. It's been a while and I wouldn't want to show up to a competition, Rusty. Yeah. No, it's serious. They have graphic design for this specifically. I got to cut my nails. You know, it's a lot of fast movement. Oh, is it? Yeah, a lot of grabbing cards. Yeah. Okay. So party rules apply. I think a game night is a party. And so the standard party rules apply. So you should be on time. You should be there to have fun. You know, don't show up if you're not there to have fun and be there to socialize. Turn your phone off. I love all those rules. Yeah. So baseline, game night, it's a party. And also for me, the my immediate thought is don't be so competitive that it's off-putting. Yeah, that's first on my list. Like, what are we here for? Like, are we here to have fun or are we here to win? And you got you got to choose. And I think ideally we're here to have fun. I mean, I think a lot of us feel like to have fun, we have to win, but I think we could tamper that down. Well, there's <laughs> winning and then there's like winning. Yeah, and I think we all know that person and it's it makes it not fun. Now, here's the thing about that person. Often that person knows that about themselves and they can't help it. I mean, can they not help it? (laughs) Um, I mean, I guess maybe that's charitable for all the people that I know who do this, who know that they do this, know that we know that they do this and haven't done anything about it. So I'm just assuming that they can't do anything about it, but maybe that's not correct. I feel like there's this line where, like, I get competitive, I'll admit it. Yeah. But, like, if I lose, I'm not upset. Right. I mean, I'd never lose, so I don't know. <laughs> okay, so sometimes some people, <laughs> such as myself, we lose the game. And But I have, you know, there's also, like, people who will, like, flip boards over and stuff if they yeah, lose. Yeah, I mean, and come on, who are you? And that's just unbelievable. That don't be that person. But also, like, this is not reality television. <laughs> like, who's flipping anything in real life? Like, don't do that. Don't do that. No. Yeah, so I think be there in the spirit in which the evening is intended, which is nine times out of 10 to have a good time. 
So like if we could just do that. A little competition, cool. You know, don't play to lose, but have a good. Yeah. Well, that's the flip side. I think you want to play to win. Like you should play with intention and you should do your best. You shouldn't sort of phone it in or not try very hard. Cause like no one wants to play with that person either. No. But definitely be a gracious winner and a gracious loser. And when somebody else does a great job, like say you're playing Trivial Pursuit or something where you roll dice and they get the hard question or they roll the thing that everybody wanted, be psyched. Yeah. Be like, ah, wow, I never knew that. Or I can't believe you rolled that. You know, don't be like. And next thing on my list is as a host, pick a game that's sort of appropriate and that you think everybody's going to enjoy. Because there's actually a lot of different types of games. I don't personally like role-playing games. And so that's not my style. And I'm not into it. I'm also not into poker or like card games. Like I'm also not into that. So I'm not going to be super excited to attend your poker night. And I probably wouldn't. Other people, that's the only thing they like. So you should have a sense of like what your guests are interested in. And ideally, they know what it is before they show up. Yeah, I think if you want to say, hey, I'm having a poker night. Right, exactly. And then you yes. just let people know in advance. And if you don't know the game, I think as a guest, it's very important to like learn before you go so that you know what you're in for. So you're not actually taking a lot of time in the evening like being taught, if possible. Or if there's like a new game out and someone's like, hey, I'm hosting this, I'm hosting a game night. There's this new game out. Oh yeah, if it's something that nobody ever has heard of, sure. No, that makes sense. But I think as a guest, it's nice to be prepared, which actually applies to game night and everything else. But I think for game night specifically, like if you can learn more about the game, like I love Mahjong, as I've mentioned on many occasions. I'm just saying it so often so that people will play with me. I'm just looking for more players. But I've actually created a video series of how to play that I send to people that they can watch prior to coming over. And it's like, here's how the game goes so you can get a little primer. And so I've like created video series. Of course, there's Chirons and graphics. And so, <laughs> so people can learn. And it's very helpful. Nick is so far above us all. Well, I mean, I looked on YouTube and nobody had these videos that were any good. And so I was like, I'll just make them myself. Amazing. Yeah. I'm also fine if you send me an email if I'm hosting a game night and I'm like, I'm playing Shoots and Ladders. And you're like, hey, I've never played Shoots and Ladders. I'll be like, oh, I'll show you when you get here. Yeah, I think that's also great. My point is just be prepared if possible. I think if you're hosting, it's nice to have some snacks. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think in general... Like all good parties, you want your guests to be comfortable. So you might want to offer refreshments, which I think certainly includes snacks. A nice Chex Mix. I immediately think of Chex Mix for game night. I love a Chex Mix. Yeah, there is a strong association, isn't there? Right? So casual yet so delicious. And interestingly, I was looking at uh, some websites about like game night advice and a site called whatnerd.com, <laughs> which I feel like a good authority on this. <laughs> they talk about having a food hand and a game hand. Mm. So for you, you would have your Chex Mix hand and then your game playing hand, which would be different hands. Ah, yes, yes. So that's actually good advice. Yeah, yes. I like that. I guess I've been at poker nights and we gambled like nickels. Okay, no high stakes poker. I've not been invited to like a, a, a game of like Candyland where people are like, let's put a hundred on this. That's never happened to me. <laughs> Although that actually sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> high, high stakes Candyland. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to play Guess Who for $5,000. <laughs> I mean, that that would really make you think. Woo! I, I started sweating just thinking about it. But would the rules change? The tone would change. And I think that, you know, people would feel left out or stressed out. People being me. I'm happy to play for like pennies because sometimes it's fun to put something on it. But like you really don't want to put people in financial circumstances here. Yeah. Oh, I think if you are hosting a game night and you're going to have like real money on the games and you don't make sure all the guests know that and are cool with that and they just show up and be like, all right, Annie up, 
thousand each, everybody. <laughs> I'd be like, am I putting my apartment on? I don't know. Well, that, I mean, that would just be super rude for just so many reasons. Right. So that didn't even occur to me. That's why I wanted to make sure we knew that that was in the super rude category. <laughs> <laughs> that is in the, definitely don't do that. Wow. The last thing on my list is actually don't quit. So if you do start playing a game, you do need to finish. It's really rude to like walk off a game in the middle. Oh, yeah. I think the only time is if you're like, you want to come, you want to see your friends, then you tell everybody up top, I have to leave in a half hour. Do you want me to start or do you want me to just watch? Right. Yeah, that's fine. But just to be like, I'm losing, so I'm just going to like not finish. No. That moves into the super not cool category as well. Super not cool. But other than that. Have fun. Oh, actually, lastly. Tell us. I shouldn't have to, but (laughs) I'm just going to say it. Don't cheat. Oh. No cheating. Cheating is rude. I didn't know we had to have that, but you're right. We have to put that (laughs) also in this super not cool. Super not cool. If we have to put like, don't trick your friends into spending $5,000 a hand on the list, then don't cheat, I think should also be on the list. Yeah. And why, why is cheating rude? It's dishonest. I think we can always agree that it's dishonest. Yeah. Dishonesty is not respectful of other people's feelings. Yeah, I guess that's why it's an etiquette crime. We all agree it's an etiquette crime. I was just curious, like, oh, what is it specifically? But yes, it's deceitful. I guess deceit is always just rude. I think deceit is deceit is a better word. Deceit is rude. Yeah, put that on a pillow. Deceit is rude. So <laughs> that's it. So I think everybody host a game night and have fun. Have fun. Get that checks mix. I want to make checks mix right now, now that we brought it up. You know, you can have checks mix without game night, right? I mean, it just feels so luxurious. Oh. <laughs> and now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So on your recommendation, Leah, I started watching Happy Valley. Yes. And now you see how the title is ironic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and also, so much is going on in this town. So much is going on. We already we start at a 10, and then yeah. we keep going up. But I will say, the lead, she is so good. She's unbelievable. Why are they better actors over there? She is incredible. Yeah, and just, yeah, the way the storytelling is done, and the way it's shot, like, oh, it, 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 it got me. It got me. I'm in. I'm, I'm in. so glad. I knew you would love it. I was like, this is great storytelling, great acting. Also, I sweat. I break a full sweat in that show. So you out there, check that out and check out all the stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I am loving getting to pick my Books of the Months. Is that the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my books of the month, but for multiple months now. So books of the months. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this. (laughs) You know, love happens. And you out there, you're going (laughs) to love Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS to get your first book for just $5. We're back. And now it's time to take some questions from you all in the wilderness. Ow! 
So our first question is, quote, Chad is one of our really good friends, and it's his birthday soon. Chad decided that he wants to have everyone come over for a pizza and vanilla ice cream taste test, where we all try a bunch of different kinds and then try to guess which is which. Without asking, Chad said he was going to buy everything and then split it between all the attendees and then Venmo request it from each of us. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but I found it rather annoying that I wasn't asked if I could pitch in. I was just met with a Venmo request. Was this rude or impolite for Chad to expect everyone to pay for his birthday activity? Is there even anything I can do other than just pay? (laughs) I love my really short answers to things after, is there anything (laughs) I can do other than just pay? I put, you could not go. Yeah, Yeah. You're sort of stuck. Yeah. I mean, what I love here is I'm having a party. Here's the invoice. Yeah. That's not a party. Yeah. That's actually not a party. That's not what a party is. So yeah, it's rude. It's rude to force people to pay for your party. Definitely. I I mean, what's so funny is that I've, I've had people like have parties for other people and then be like, hey, if anybody wants to throw in, which is totally fine. But then to pick the party for yourself and then be like, this is what I'm doing and I'm splitting the thing. That just seems like a whole other level. Yeah, that's not how it's done. Right. What should be done, everyone, when you're having a birthday party, you want to throw it for yourself. And that's fine if you want to do that. You're the host, which means you pay for everything. If you pick the place and what's happening and the time and the date and the guest list, you're the host. And as host, you pay for it all. That's what it is. So Chad, if he wants to do this, how delightful. I actually had a similar ice cream thing 100 years ago in my first apartment in New York City. Really? Yeah. And this apartment, I mean, sidebar, it was so dark, so dark. If you turn off the lights at noon, it was pitch black. You could not see your hand in front of your face. So it was one of those weird New York City apartments that everybody should live in once in their life. And so I had one of these parties where we did vanilla ice cream and it was super casual. And I just asked everyone to bring a different brand. It was more like a potluck, like a vanilla ice cream potluck. And everyone just brought a different brand. And I provided, I think, probably something savory because who wants ice cream all night? Actually, most people, but Me. but that's what we did. And then we just like had all this vanilla ice cream. We tasted them. We talked about them and it was fun. So I think as a concept, this party idea delightful. I'm all about it. But I think unless it's a potluck idea where like everybody's sort of participating and that's what it is. And our host is still providing extra stuff to make it an event. I think that would be some hybrid there, but like, yeah, just to invoice your guests. Boo. I love that you did that. A, I love that you did it. Yeah. And then B, I was thinking the same thing. Like if Chad had been like, Hey, this is what I want to do. Everybody bring a type of vanilla ice cream. That's totally different. It would be totally different. Yeah. Because I think it's the dictating and the invoicing that feels the worst here. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. What are your options? I guess you could not go. Oh, I'm so sorry. I can't attend. Or just go. Don't bring a gift. And that's it. Yep. Yeah. You know, I hate it when anything involving an ice cream comes out rude because ice cream is just (laughs) so wonderful. And you don't want to decline an ice cream party. I mean, it's probably going to be fun. Nobody wants to miss an ice cream party. So I think just go and know that Chad is a bad thing and know that every other guest agrees with you. And so you can secretly hate Chad behind his back. How's that? You can secretly hate Chad. Or if you're Leah Bonema, you could be like, probably Chad was like, well, how can I make this easy on everybody? I don't want everybody to feel like they have to bring something. So I'll do all the shopping for everybody. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know how you make it easy, Chad? You pay for it. Yeah. I mean, I'm just <laughs> reaching out really. Yeah. No, we, we want to give people the benefit of the doubt, but sometimes people who just do bad things. Yep. Yeah. Our next question is, quote, what are your thoughts on gifting soap? 
I like to give specialty soap for a number of reasons. Everyone can use it, it smells nice, and it's unlikely to end up as clutter the receiver can't find a place for. However, I started to wonder if this gift might be taken the wrong way. Does giving soap send the message you think someone has bad hygiene? Is there a difference between giving hand soap and giving body soap or other bath products? And to clarify, I only give soaps that have some element of luxury about them, such as being handmade, a unique scent, or great packaging. I would love to hear your thoughts. I think soap is always a lovely gift. I think that sometimes we second guess ourselves too much. Yeah, I don't think it's taken the wrong way. And I love a fancy hand soap. I mean, I love a hand soap before it becomes too common. Like once it shows up in a fancy restaurant bathroom, like I'm out. Like I'm not interested anymore. <laughs> like, do you remember when like Molten Brown Naranji was like the hot thing? I don't, maybe I'm, I'm talking to Leah Bonima, so yeah, I don't know why now. I asked this come question. On. Audience, do you remember when Molten Brown Naranji <laughs> was a thing? Or then it became like Aesop was the hot brand. And then we moved on to like Lalabo Santal 33. Like all of these brands sort of like rise in popularity. So like now I'm really into Frama, which is from Copenhagen. And now that I've said it out loud, now it's dead to me. So now <laughs> I have to find some other international soap brand to have in my bathroom. But yeah, I love a good fancy soap. Absolutely. I also love like I give people a lot of soap and I a lot of times it's from like a like it's a handmade soap. You're yeah. supporting a small business. I think there are always lovely gifts. Totally. I also love throwing a soap into my drawers. It makes your whole drawer smell so nice. Oh, in my head, I'm thinking liquid hand soap. You're thinking bar soap. Yeah, I'm thinking bar soap. Okay, interesting. Now to me, liquid hand soap and a bottle feels different than a bar. I've never gotten liquid hand soap as a gift. You haven't lived. Or given. I've always, I like a bar. Oh, okay. I think bar soap does feel different. Hmm. Bar soap does feel a little more hygienic rather than liquid soap feels more like luxury item. Oh, I feel the opposite way. Interesting. Okay. But I've also gotten bath soaps. Then that, I always think of them as very lovely, like a bath bomb or a bath scrub. I don't think any yeah. of my friends are saying, Leah, get in the shower. <laughs> I always take it as luxurious. Yeah, I think most people would take it that way. Yes. Um, I think Rare would be the person who would take the wrong way. Unless it's like you just bought them a bottle of Dial I know, generic I was going to say, is it like a soap. medicated <laughs> antiseptic right. soap? And then you're like, use yeah. this. Is it prescription? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if it's that, then yeah, that might feel a little pointed. Otherwise, but, it's lovely. Yeah, I think it's totally fine. So yeah, I don't think... You should overthink it. I'm always delighted to receive soap. Our PO box is listed on our website if you'd like. And uh, yeah, now anybody has ideas for the next international chic soap that can replace all the brands I just mentioned, I'm ready for ideas. So our next question is, quote, I have a question about how to react to a situation I encounter a lot at the gym. I am a woman and a weightlifter, and I tend to lift heavy. And I find that I've been getting this reaction a lot from other people, especially guys. For example, this one time, I pulled a heavy weight and I put it in front of me and an older gentleman tapped me on the shoulder and he pointed at the weight and he looked at me and he said, good for you. And I run into this a lot. Are you gonna lift that? Good for you lifting heavy. I know it's supposed to be a compliment, but it's driving me nuts and I would like to have something to say, but I don't know what. Thoughts? <laughs> oh, I think Leah has thoughts. Hey, if anybody's seen Michael there, my opening joke is about things that men say to you at the gym. Mm -hmm. Always so condescending. And of course we know it was meant well. I had a lot of emails from men saying, you know, it was meant well. And you're like, mm -hmm. oh, missing the point. <laughs> 
Yes, totally. But I thought about this with the weights, and I think that a way to not engage, but to get your point across, because you don't want to... Cont- after a while of continuing to allow behavior that you find condescending and patronizing, yeah. it just eats away at you. So I yeah. thought a nice way is that you respond with the same positivity and supportiveness and you say, you too. Okay. I mean, that's not going to feel satisfying, but that is definitely a response. That's polite. Yeah. And you're like, good for you too, because that's being like, we're the same. Mm. If you think you need to compliment me for lifting a heavy weight, then I'm also going to compliment you for lifting a heavy weight. Yeah. I mean, in thinking about this, it does feel that the thing about this that feels the most rude is that we're not complimenting. We're actually surprised. We're surprised that someone like you could possibly do this thing. And it's that element that I think feels super rude because- It would feel differently if it was just like, oh, you've inspired me to push myself harder. Right. But we all know that's not what they're saying. (laughs) That's not what they're saying. They're like, oh, my goodness. I am so surprised that a woman could possibly lift a heavy weight. Look at you picking up stuff, (laughs) defying your Uh, gender. Right. Girl. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Like, oh, look at you. Yes. (laughs) Look at you picks up stuff. That's why... I felt like a fair thing to say would be you too. I've definitely said, and I before I say it, let me say that we can all agree it's not the most middle of the road response. Mm-hmm. I'll say, thank you so much. We vote mm. now and pick things up. Yeah. Okay. That goes a little far. Goes a little far, but sometimes <laughs> you've reached your limit because it's also that people feel like they need to come over. And you just want to work out. You just want to get your thing done. That's true. It makes you so self-aware. And, you know, the fact that people feel like they need to come over and interrupt you. Go out of your way. And have a a voice in your workout. You know what I mean? That, That is also upsetting. I'm not public property. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a similar flavor of telling women to smile. Yes. Very similar. It's the same sort of dynamic. And I think the same reasons why that's rude is also the same reasons why this is rude. Yeah. That's why I did think that for me saying you too is really. Yeah, I I don't hate that. Here's a couple phrases on my list. Let me know what you think. Quote, oh, heavy is relative. Heavy is relative? No? Okay. Crowd doesn't like that one. (laughs) How about, is it? Oh, that's nice. Although that does allow them to respond. And sometimes you just want to like end it. I think you can just say thank you. And the tone with which you say thank you is kind of up to you. You can say thank you and then it can build up slowly over the years. And then you can have a Michael Douglas falling down moment where you just lose your mind. And the last option, which I think would be the Miss Manners approach, is just to have a withering smile. She loves a good withering smile. And I think this is a good time for that. I wish I could. Can I? I, They can't see at home, but I'd love to see an example of a withering smile. (laughs) It's sort of... I, I have a lot of practice with that. Oh, so. I think a withering smile. If you at home could just see this, maybe yeah. Nick could draw a picture and put it on our Instagram. We'll, we'll demonstrate somehow. I like That's like sort of just like a, I'm just so let down by your comment. Yeah, it's the way to do it is to think about being disappointed. Yeah. I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> that's, that's a funny thing to say too. Like, oh, what a disappointing comment. Oh, oh, that's actually a good comeback. Like, oh, I'm disappointed that you would say that. And then just turn around. Because that's very fair. And it's not aggressive in the way that we vote now is maybe (laughs) slightly. 
Yeah. It's hard to find that line between by letting people know that it's not really appropriate to come over and condescendingly comment on your workout. Correct. And then also kind of instigating something. It's that that line of just putting that boundary up. Yeah. I mean, I think the real solution is just wear headphones and ignore it. Oh, no. Oh, no, Nick. I will have headphones in and people will stand there and talk to me <laughs> to the point where I'll even point at my headphones like, and then they, so eventually you either have to ignore to a point. Oh, now I'm taking the headphone out to tell them I have headphones in. It's really unbelievable. This is why they have women's gyms. Yeah. Okay. I get it now. Yeah. I mean, this is not my lived experience for sure. So it backs up after a while because you always feel like you want to be a good person and let it go, you know? Yeah. But after a while, you're like, why do I continually have to be let go of these comments that I didn't invite? I'm just over here working out. Yeah. I guess at the end of the day, just leave people alone at the gym. Yeah. And just, there's never really a reason to socialize with people you don't know at the gym. I love a withering smile with a you two. Okay. I think the tone of your you two just now, not ideal. Same to you. Same to you. (laughs) I think we need a little more chipper. Same to you. Okay. Well, we'll practice. I mean, now we're getting flippant. Yeah. Oh, it's really, it's really hard to thread the needle, isn't it? It's really hard to thread the needle on this one. Well... Do you have questions for us? And we'll try to thread that needle. Let us know. We'll give you a lot of options that we find (laughs) almost right. Almost right. Yeah, right adjacent. (laughs) Well, send them in to our website, wereraisedbywolves.com, or leave us a voicemail or send us a text message, 267-CALL-RBW. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. to call vent or repent vent or repent which is our opportunity to vent about some bad etiquette experience we've had recently or we can repent for some etiquette faux pas we've committed so leah would you like to vent or repent (sighs) i'm so worked up from the last question i'm gonna ride it right into a vent (laughs) okay what do you got so this is also unwanted comments okay if this is also people inserting themselves into your activities that have nothing to do with them but it's it's been equal men and women So we are now dog parents. Yes. And we have, I don't want to be tooting my own horn. (laughs) We have a very good looking dog. Yes. Lacey is. She's a looker. She's a looker. She's extremely cute. And describe for our audience. uh, We'll post a photo in the show notes. But like, (laughs) it's what kind of dog is Lacey? It said it was, you know, from the rescue, it was a chihuahua mix. But she's looking more and more like um, there's this dog called a Sholo, which is a Mexican dog. It was originally like an Aztec dog. And if you've seen the animated Disney picture, or is it Pixar Coco? Okay. It looks like it's that dog Uh mixed with a terrier. But regardless, 
She has bunny rabbit ears. Yes, adorable. Adorable. And then this long, gorgeous tail that just wags with joy. Okay, so we are proud parents to Lacey. We're, she's very lucky she's cute because she is... She's a puppy. <laughs> she's a puppy, and we're like, you're lucky you're cute. We didn't need those table legs. But, um... So we'll be outside walking her. Mm -hmm. And obviously, like, sometimes dogs come up on each other. And then the two human people are like, can they, you know, <laughs> there's, an, there's a communication. Yeah. Are they, do you want them to meet? You know what I mean? Or you go up to someone and you're like, so cute. May I pet your dog? These are things that happen. Right. We've had multiple people. They're just walking by. They swoop in. They start touching your dog. Without asking. Without asking. It upsets the dog. It upsets. Sure. We had this lady, no joke, we're walking, we're walking, we're walking. Like, we're very aware because she's a puppy, so she's eating stuff, so we're, like, constantly watching. This lady somehow got so close to us, got down on her knees, and tried to kiss our dog on the face. <laughs> which, not a great idea. What You don't happening? know this dog. You don't, you don't know, and then Lacey got mad, which, of course, she did. This, this person, who she doesn't know. This stranger. Jumped at her and tried to put her mouth on her face, and so Lacey... <laughs> Reared back and like did a growl, and the lady was like, "Oh, is your dog not?" And we were like, "You just tried to touch her with your face, yeah, without knowing her or asking permission." And she looked like shocked, like, "What do you mean I can't do that?" What's wrong with your dog? What's wrong with your dog? It's like you can't <laughs> touch. No, no, you can't touch. But also, do you not care about your face? Wait, so what are you doing? You don't touch people's dogs without permission. Yeah, I think that is uh, good advice and a good vent. Absolutely. And if you do want to touch, there's a whole, just like meeting another human. Hey, your dog, may I? Da, da, da. And then whatever the person says, oh, no, they're in training. Oh, no, they don't be like to be touched. We just respect that boundary. That's what it is. Yes. So for me, today actually I was going to introduce a new category called the lament. Oh, my goodness, the lament. But the more I thought about it, I was like, no. No, no, actually, this is a this is event. So I was just at a place called Intersect by Lexus. And this is totally beside the point, but this is a restaurant that is owned by the car company Lexus. What a world we live in. And they invite <laughs> famous chefs from around the world to come and they like do a residency for four months. And there's actually no clues that this is a Lexus restaurant other than there's this one wall as you're going up the stairs that has all these deconstructed like Lexus parts. Uh, but if you didn't notice that, there's actually no other sign that this is like a Lexus restaurant. Like there's no car parked in it, but it's still owned by Lexus. So anyway, so I'm having dinner uh, with some friends and this is a fancy meal. Like this is like a uh, Michelin starred chef and there's white linen and it's a tasting menu. It's that kind of thing. And we're at, coming to the end of the meal. And for some reason, that diagram, do you remember this diagram we talked about a couple episodes ago? Yes, yes, yes. I had all these plates and then utensils on the plates. And then depending on how the utensils were arranged, it had different signals. Like I hated it or <laughs> like bring the chef back and like more mashed potatoes, please. Like <laughs> yeah. whatever. And so we got onto this subject for some reason. I didn't bring it up. I, I'm not bringing up etiquette topics. It was like on my own on a social dinner off duty, but it came up as etiquette so often does. And so we were talking about it and I was like, oh, isn't this bonkers? And so as the waiter actually was coming around to clear all of our plates, my friend says to the waiter like, hey, so does it mean anything the way people leave their knife and fork on the plate? And unprompted, the waiter was like, oh, yes, crossing the silverware means they didn't like it. And side to side means it was delicious. And he was like, there are all sorts of different hidden meanings that we're trained on. And I'm like, no, 
I said that to myself, but I was like, no. Trained for? You receive training on this bonkers thing that doesn't exist? Because to be clear, this is not a thing. <laughs> this is not an etiquette thing. It's not a thing, everybody. It's not a thing. And so is this life imitating art? Like what is happening? So yeah, I just, I wanted to lament about the state of our etiquette world, but now I was like, no, this is a vent. The fact that this is happening, that so many people in the world are leaving signals with their cutlery that are not real. Ah, bring me the complaints book. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a vent and a lament. I love the idea that we bring lament in. Yeah, I think lament is a fair, fair addition uh, to our repertoire. So whatever this is, I don't like it. And I wish it would stop. (laughs) Nick doesn't like it and he wishes it would stop. Also, imagine they're taking classes for this. All of us just leaving our forks and we have no idea that we're actually sending signals. Oh, that's a good point. Like, what if they're being trained on signals that we're not sending? And they're like, oh, that woman is having a bad hair day. Yeah, that woman wants us to call home. That was the call home signal. That woman says her lights in her car might be on. Would you please check the parking lot? So, Leah. What have we learned? I learned that Miss Manners and I are on the same page regarding French onion soup, which so rarely are we on the same page. There's a first for everything. And I learned that you put soap in drawers. I do, I do, I do. Well, thank you, Leah. Thank you, Nick. And thanks to you out there for listening. I'd send you a handwritten note on my custom stationery if I could. We would if we could. So for your homework this week, please check out our Patreon and see if you want to join as a monthly member. So go to our website, visit monthly membership, and see if that's something you'd like to do. Yeah, I'm about to inundate everybody on Patreon with Lacey Picks. <laughs> so get ready. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. All right, Leah, it's time for Cordials of Kindness, the part of the show that you make us do, but I only give you 30 seconds to do it. Ready, set, go. I want to do a big shout out, thank you, gratitude moment to Vans, The Shoes, and Fairfield Mm. Comedy Club, who collabed this year and did a shoe to go to artists who lost money over the past year for comics. Oh, that's nice. Really fantastic. Appreciate it so much. Oh, very nice. And for me, I want to read a review we just got, which is, quote, I love this show so much. I just found it and I plowed through all of your episodes within three weeks. My 12-year-old made fun of me for listening to a manner show, but he's grown to love it and now listens to it while walking home from school. He recently noticed one of his friends was having a zipper malfunction and whispered to him, your pod bay door is open, Hal. I love it. (laughs) At first when I got this, I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Because that is a deep cut from episode nine about what to say when somebody's zipper is down. So so fantastic. That's fantastic. He is clearly not being raised by wolves. And so for that, we're very thankful. So sweet. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. 
And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month. So it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wilde. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month. So it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv.